Praise God. The song says, Praise the Lord. Let His people rejoice. Praise ye the Lord. Let the earth hear His voice. Hallowed to God be the glory. Glad to have everyone in the house of the Lord. Our friends and visitors and neighbors, welcome home. I said, welcome home. You are at home with Jesus' house. To make a long reading short, Jesus said in verse 17 of chapter 7 of Luke, Where are the nine? Where are the nine? Verse 11 said, There were ten lepers that were disfigured, ready, waiting to die, disinherited, thrown away, hopeless, powerless, useless, worthless, of no value at all. And they cried to Jesus, a ten-part harmony, have mercy on us. And Jesus turned and looked at them and said, go show thyself to the priest. Lord, you're our high priest. Every day I live, I live for you. Every moment I breathe, my breath is to give you praise, the love of my life. Bless this service. Let me not preach to the ears, but to the heart. Let the heart and the authority of the word of Jesus and the name of Jesus be in this house. I'm not here to be an oratory God. I'm not here, oh God, to be impressive. But I'm here to speak as the oracle of God. Would you help us right now? Would there be a turning unto the Lord? God, a lifting up of praise of glory to God. For thou art worthy of praise. And we will praise the name Jesus Christ. For that name was given to us to bless and save us. In the name of Jesus. You may be seated. Where are the nine? You must understand that leprosy was as feared in the days of Jesus more than they fear cancer today. Everybody I've met in the States and wherever they come from feared cancer. They fear cancer more than they fear sugar, diabetes, blood pressure, AIDS, or any other disease. Everybody is afraid of cancer except Jesus Christ. Except Jesus Christ. He has no fear of any disease. Thou says he healeth them of all their disease. I've never been to medical college, never been to any university. Just a carpenter's son they call him. But he solved every disease there was. So it was the most feared disease. There was none in the Garden of Eden. There was none even among the book of Genesis until we come to a lady called Miriam, the sister of Moses, made a horrible mistake in her brother. Don't recognize what God actually lifted up and glorified Moses. God says he speaks to no other man like he speaks to Moses as a friend, mouth to mouth, not by dreams or by vision, but talk to him face to face. So often that the face of Moses would reflect the glory of God. And God speak to him as a friend. And Miriam decided one day to attack him and give a, a tongue lashing and tell him he was way off course and she was just as equal as he was and just as good and better if not better. And she telling him, I don't believe nothing you're telling me. i got a better plan than you've got. And she just Dress him down. Then God showed up. And God says, Come here, Miriam. Come here, Moses. And come here, Aaron. And they all came by. They're brothers and sisters. You understand? They're in the flesh. And God said, Now, I heard you, girl. I heard what you said. I heard everything you said about the man of God. I want to deal with you right now. She said, Now, why did you not feel fear when you said those things about the man of God? Why didn't you feel fear? Why didn't you feel the fear of God come upon you not to touch him? Not to say what you said. God said, I heard of the word you just said. And I'm angry at you. 
Here's your reward. Bang! Hit her. She turned leprous. White as snow. And about turned to Aaron to hit him. And Moses said, No! God, stop it! Don't do that. God was vindicating the what she did to Aaron, to Moses. Moses didn't feel that way about it, but God felt that way about it. God felt, you have no right to say what you said. You're wrong, and I'm going to deal with you. And God said, there it is. And so God began to say to her, if your daddy has spat in your face, I guess it's a cultural thing, if he had spat in your face, it would mean condemnation. He said, well, I just spat on you. I just spat on you right now. And when he spat on her, she turned leper. And they said, put her out of the camp. Immediately she was cut off from God. Here she was. You couldn't keep her. Cut off from her family, everything else. They put her out in the wilderness. Let her die out there. And Moses cried to God. <clears throat> and God said, okay. Let her hang out there for a while till I'm satisfied. Hallelujah. All she did was spoke a word against the man of God. God said, you had no right to say what you said. And I heard every word you said. I'm going to deal with you with it, God says. And so, she stayed there for a while. And there she was there. Amen. Just wasting away. Now, leprosy is a sore that's very disfigured. I don't know how she looked. I saw leprosy once in my life in Nigeria. We drove through there going to somewhere to teach the Bible study to a whole bunch of pastors with a pastor of the leper colony. And they were out there. Their faces were disfigured. Their hands were disfigured. And they lost parts of their bodies. That my heart was moved, and they were out there in no man's land. They were in the street. I saw kids, I saw adults, I saw men, I saw women, and they were not allowed to go where living people were. And they were begging money, kissing bones, and all that stuff. It's a very bad sight for God to inflict a person for just saying the wrong thing about a holy person. They had no right to touch that man of God. And God said, I'm going to fix that. So God fixed it. And so she was there for a long time. And so in mercy, the camp waited for her to find grace with God. And the Bible says after so many days, she was declared to be cleansed. God had mercy. And the priest had to go out there and look at her. And she couldn't just walk back in. You know, once she go out, she couldn't come back in. God had mercy to bring her back in. And they looked at her and said, well, it's gone. Come on back in. God brought her back into the... If there's anybody that should be thankful, it should be Miriam. If there's anybody to be thankful that God brought you back in, you were leprous. You were filthy. You were no good. And God brought you back in. You ought to be thankful. You ought to give God thanks that He didn't leave you out there to rot and putrefied and dirty and stunk out there, falling apart in the gutter. But He picked you up and brought you back in. You ought to be faithful. You ought to be faithful. You ought to be grateful and be thankful. But God didn't leave you out there. But He brought you back in. The most feared, because God showed Moses, Moses, i got power. When you go down to Pharaoh, look what I can do. Stick hand out, pick, and he turned leprous. God said, watch this. Put it back in. And it was gone. God said, i got power over leprosy. i got power to throw you out and bring it in if I want to. So you got to be thankful if God chose not to leave you out, but bring you in. Hallelujah. And so leprosy is fear. I'm trying to get a picture of what those guys were going through. It was hard on them. These are ten guys in Samaria. Of all the places, Samaria is full of leprosy. Another guy I saw with leprosy in the Bible, another instance I read it from the Bible, is the one called Gehazi. What a horrible mistake he made. A lot of folks think they know as much as the preacher does. It's all over the world. Here's Naaman came. Naaman went to the king. The king couldn't help him. He said, go see the man of God. So he went. 
Man of God gave him an instruction he didn't like. So he got mad and went away. You know, people don't like what, what God's man have to say to them. They get angry. And so they go to anger. God said, just a minute. The man of God gave you a simple formula to obey. Just obey it and do it. You don't have to understand. Just do it. Do as you're told and you'll be okay. And so he said, okay, I'll go back and do it. So he did seven times. And church, amazingly, the leprosy left. That's not what happened in Syria. What happened in Jerusalem. Done by Jordan. And the, the guy got healed. His skin was like a baby's skin. You know what that meant? I mean, just out of this world. We, we AIDS people love to look at like texture. Nice, fine, beautiful, debonair texture. When God healed, it's for real. And Naaman realized what took place. Now, he can't go to the priest because they, they, they don't trust him. Hello? So he's on his own initiative. Nobody asked him to do it. He could have got the healing and jumped in his chair and kept on going. But he turned the chair around. Back. Amen. And this time, he didn't go to the king. He went to the prophets. And called on the prophets and look. I am so thankful. I am so grateful. I have money. I got gold, but it came by health. My wealth came by me health. And what you did for me, my mom and papa couldn't do it. And the gods I served was able to help me. And my sword couldn't bring me victory. And you gave me a simple instruction, and I followed it. And it's a servant. Give him all the gold you can. Give all the Babylonian garments you can. Give everything he wants. Just give it to him because I am grateful. I can go home and show my family. I was, but I'm no longer am. <laughs> I came in contact with the Word of God. And I've been made whole. And the prophet said, no. Nah, this is free. It's a gift of God to you. Go home. He said, look, when I go home, my boss going to want me to do certain things, and I, and I know it's not right, and I can't do it. Would, would you please forgive me because he's my boss. He's my king. He's got my head. I went, oh, I'm so thankful. Church can be met in Syria when he walked home, and everybody looking at Naaman, that guy that was full of pus and pus and putrefying sores, coming in, you baby. He's never had such a triumphant entry like he's having today. All because of God. I'm telling you, there's healer in this house. i got a name called J-E-S-U-F. The authority of that name is in this house. It can solve any problem that's in anybody's life or home or spirit or flesh or skin. Hello. It's not about skin for the most sin. And he went home and but there's this guy, again, one of those guys who think no more than the preacher does. You know, the priest said, I want what you're giving away. Keep it. Go, go home with it. So you can tell me it was free in case I think you bought it. He said, well, oh, my, that man make a mistake. He let him off the hook. No, he didn't. And you should stay out of it. He chased him, stopped him, and lied in the process. And said, my master said, give me so many gold. And he's hoarding it up, man, and the carmen, and he's misrepresenting God. And what God just did was God's free gift. Was God's merciful gift. God wanted the testimony. Not the money, just the testimony of what he did. And you're going to mess it up. You know, you all can't talk for God. Something you ought to leave to the preacher. Because you don't know what to say. And you're going to muddle this thing up. And so he said, I'm going to, I'm going to change the whole tune. And you know, you're back. Because you don't know. Do what he did. He came back, oh, master, oh, master. Oh, no, no. He said, what's going on, boy? What, the, what, what have you done? He said, well, nothing. Where have you been? Well, I haven't. Nowhere. Yes, you have. Well, where have you been? He said, look. The leprosy that left that man is going to come in the earth. I want to tell you, church, 
when we backslide go that door, I promise you, McMurray, when you're going out, there will be ten more coming in. That's the Word of God. When we decide to turn out on God, hey, I don't care what your talent is, I don't care how smart you are, we can replace you. You are replaceable. You are not indispensable. I want you to know that. And God can replace you. And it, I mean, it's gone, it's gone out there and pick up all the sweat from me. It's needed. It's needed. It wasn't worth it. So he has this garment and this coal for leprosy, and he died a leper. I want you to understand what it looks like. One guy benefited, and the other guy is cursed. It's amazing how the same God in one visitation can bless one and curse the other. It's always more blessed to the sinner to come on in. <laughs> the righteous goes out in the double jeopardy. Hard times. The way of a backslider is hard. It's painful. It's suffering. And you got to put up with your suffering. you got to put up with your thorn. Because it's tough out there, my friend. You know, I, I was talking to a, to a Jewish guy, and you weren't there, but he, he was telling me about some things about Israel. I was asking him, because I want, I want those that were with me to hear, especially Brother Joel, I wanted to hear what was, was being said. So he said, tell him what, you, what I, you told me and what I know about this thing. He said, now, when you get baptized in water, they call it the mitzvah. We get baptized in what it's a marriage, it's a vow, it's a covenant, and you cannot the the bridegroom cannot cannot deny the person in that water. Punish them by death if they turn against the covenant. Then he said to me, the Jewish guy said to me, That's why anybody who backslides try to come back in, it's hard. He said, it's so difficult, it's almost impossible for them to come in. Because of what took place in that covenant. That covenant, when you break it, you, in, you release curses. You release every, every demons in hell to come against you. And then the bridegroom is powerless to fight for you. And you've got to fight your own way to victory or perish. Amazing, isn't it? You see, the leper cannot come back into the kingdom except the priest say so. Hello? Hello? You know, God lost the license a while ago and, and he tried to get it back and said, no, you can't get it back. You have to go to the superintendent first. You can't get it without him saying so. You know, preacher got power. They got a power of attorney. They represent the name Jesus. And you got to be careful what you think about them, what you say about them, what you do about them, because they're going to decide if you're going to get back in or not, or if you're going to be healed or not. Hello? And he died, a leper. I thought, what a terrible loss. What a stupid way. Here's a guy that was set up for a quadruple, the power of the power of God. So he died. I want you to understand what leprosy means. You understand why Naaman was thankful? He was thankful he got healed. But here's a man of God pronouncing judgment on a person who went out and didn't get healed. It's amazing. You and a sinner pray for the same thing, and God jolly well did for the sinner, but not you. Why? Why? That the sinner might experience the grace of God and the mercy of God, which you already have in abundance. I do it with it, but you, you have it. You may have squandered it. You may be wasting it, but you already have it. And you may take it for granted. Every, every so often I can remind myself, Trevor, I'm not living in the real world. I'm in a world that's not real out there. All the blessing I have is not everywhere out there. All the goodness I feel of God is not everywhere out there. All the peace I feel is not common out there. I sometimes forget until I go back to the altar. And I saw the rock that God healed me from. And I saw the ditch God took me out of. Then I remember, oh God, you've had mercy on me. 
When you go out back in the world and go and crack and cocaine and meth, you're going to die out there. You're going to die from overdose. That's how you're going to die. We're going to one day find you dead in your bathroom. Right with your head in the commode. That's not the way to go out. Well, that's the way they come in and go up. Hallelujah. It's a bad thing to have leprosy happen to you. And so, you know, Uzzah, he said, God blessed him. You can't hang around God enough and not get blessed. You just can't praise Him and not get attention. Come on, somebody. I mean, you can't just say, Jesus, here I got His eye roll at you. Come on, somebody. I mean, you can't just touch Him and not feel virtue coming out. Anybody who touched Jesus be better than the King. Praise God. And my says he was marvelously helped. I know what that means. I know what that means. Marvelously helped. Marvelously blessed. Until my says he got lifted up. Lifted up meaning he got to a place where he figured he knew more on the priesthood and the man of God. So they said, don't do what you're about to do. Just don't do it. Don't follow through on it. And they started stopping. One guy couldn't do it. So they called for reinforcement. Well, I'm king. And I can do it. Maybe so, but you, if you stay in your lane, you're okay. Well, you're not a priest. And so he pushes me right in. And and, and they couldn't stop him. He was so powerful. He pushed me right in. But hey, guess what? With the almighty God above looking down. And he got involved in the case. And God said, watch this, boys. I can do what y'all can do. Zoop. And instantly, lepers hit him. Right in the forehead. And they look at him, and sure, I'm going to drop water, a pebble in the water before I watch it spread. Watch the rings. The ripples out. I mean, the thing got spread and spread and spread and spread. And see, look, he was turning white. That says he ran out of the temple. I mean, he wouldn't walk out. No, he's running out. God can humble that cat. God can fit that starchy shirt and wet it down and get that stiffy stuff out of there. I mean, God can make the king's knee knock. I say, God can let the whole thing tremble. What you and I can't do, God can in one minute, my friend, touch the iodine, and that guy's a madman. God can make them eat grass like an ox. It's a powerful that name is. Praise God. Hallelujah. He died a leper. I want you to understand what leprosy means. And now we come to the story. Ten lepers in church. Listen where they are. What is a Jew doing in Samaria? In the heart of what? Samaria. Now the Jewish custom is no Jew walk through where? So when Jesus says, I must go through Samaria, you know, he's in for trouble or no good. <laughs> oh, is that right? I must go through Samaria. But no Jew walked through Samaria. And he sent the apostles away because he knew they wouldn't like it, right? So when they went to, he met a girl at the well and he talked to her about salvation. And so, but here, here are ten lepers and you didn't know there were ten, nine were Jews. And one was a Samaritan. He didn't know that until after the Thanksgiving started. He said, now, I heard you guys, go show yourself to the priest. I don't want to see the priest. Well, you better go. He said, go. what he says, do it. So he went to see the priest. And understood, I personally believe one of two things happened. Either they went and saw the priest, and the priest said, guys, you're as clean as a slate. Nothing wrong. And they turn around and click their heel and start shouting and split up ten different ways. Hello? I believe one of those things happened. Or now they went to the priest and one couldn't go because he's a Samaritan. He couldn't 
go. He's not allowed to go. Because by birth he's unclean. And lepers say, double jeopardy. He can't go. So where is he going to go? Remember the story about the Good Samaritan? He couldn't go to the synagogue, so he went to the inn. Hello? Think about church. And the Bible says, he looked at himself, and he made a beeline and turned back, and wherever Jesus was, he found him. He made a beeline, and he searched out Jesus, and when he saw him, he fell on his face and screamed on the top of his voice and began to worship God and thank God that his leprosy had gone. But I says, looking at Jesus, he worshiped God that he's no longer have to live a life of condemnation, separation, and begin to declare his recovery. Every time a person backslides, what you're doing, you destroy the evidence. Hello? But God did a great work in your life. You're not doing God a favor, but you're doing God what He just deserves. Your worship. God deserves our worship. I say, God deserves your praise. It should be spontaneous. It should be from the heart of thanksgiving. A heart of gratitude. You should be ready to declare His glory. For your recovery. Let's praise God. I talked to him at the airport yesterday. He said, to come to Canada is not easy. He said, if you have a crime against you, on the record, 20 years ago, come to the border, it's still on the record. And they'll turn you So they're guys that like to come and they have a criminal record. 20 years, 15 years. And they could not cross the border. When they try to cross it, the guy went to the computer and called it up. He said, can you imagine 20 years ago? Get on the influence of alcohol, driving, rather. And that still stopped. Can you imagine how many people are going to try to get into heaven and can't get in? Because the record is still there. But talk about the joy of those whose record will be clear. Think about the song they sang. Unto him that loved us and blotted out as a thick cloud our transgression. I, who said, Peter chopped off mine ear. And they said, okay, let me see your ear. And he couldn't prove it. There's blood everywhere, but he can't show a chopped off ear. Because Jesus destroyed the evidence. There are people with evidence that God destroyed, and they're not even thankful. But this man, he said, I am thankful. I know what it means. Let me describe to you what ungrateful is. If this church had all the grateful people I met in 1980. I came to the city in 1980. And when I came here, I can tell you there is enough people that I've baptized, I've prayed through, that God has blessed financially, spiritually, and socially, intellectually, economically, and not one of them are here today. If I was to ask you, all oh, those who were in 1980, they can't stand up. You know, I know for a fact. I've seen God work supernatural things. Miracle. I prayed for cancer that disappeared. He was there and it's gone. <laughs> Hallelujah. They can do a whole long list of them. you see, an ungrateful person is somebody who would give God poor returns for benefits received. I don't think you heard it. Poor returns. For benefit received. Now, Pastor Neil, when I came in the city, I told everybody all the time what God did for me the day 
when I went and met this man who changed my life in the city. It may not mean much to you, but I realize there's a connection here. Hallelujah. I was hopeless. I was homeless. I was worthless. I was penniless. Until the church came in my life. The church is responsible for the job I had. For the house I lived in. The car I was. Oh, come on now. The money I have to pay tithes with. Oh, come on now. God. Hallelujah. Deserve a return for all the benefits that He showed to me. person who is a consumer of blessings from God without any merit of their own. An ungrateful person, these nine were ungrateful, is like a hog or a pig under a tree eating acorns, but never look up to see where they come from. Hello? Hallelujah. An ungrateful person is like a glutton for, mis- for mercies. While never acknowledging the unworthiness of the grace of God in their life. An ungrateful person is somebody who never feel obliged to give thanks for anything God did. Always murmuring and complaining to give to God till that was just a waste. They got no time for God except when they're in trouble. Using God for a convenience store. God is a 7-Eleven. God, after God, certain visiting rights in their life. When the things get rough and tough, they show up. But they have no commitment to Him. It's like a prostitute. She don't have a husband. All she does, she's a convenience store. She has no, no relationship. She's a whore. And she don't know a man that she loves. Just doing our duty. Some people are spiritual prostitutes. Use God as a used tool. That's all you're all about, to use God. But you're not going to do it today. It's not going to work. You're going to die a leper. You see, they see no need to be thankful. They said, give me my money. I'm going. I did my duty. I'm gone. She won't wash his shirt. She won't iron his clothing. She won't cook his food because there's no commitment involved. Just on a duty. Hello? Hallelujah. A whorehouse is not the same as a prayer house. Not the same. One's out of duty. And one's out of relationship. Hallelujah. Always feeling entitled. Abuse kindness. This man told a story. Two men tell two different stories. One, his wife, after 31 years of marriage, got sick of some unknown disease for the medication she took. And in her frail, worn away state, he said to her, I didn't marry you for this. He wouldn't help her do nothing. Wouldn't feed her, wouldn't clothe her. And she was just rotting on the bed. And get the job the furthest he could to take him the furthest away from her. And one day when she was stunned, his skin and bone, and said, Look, you remind me of those horror movies. But I see, that's not love. That's whoredom. That's a spirit of prostitution. Unfortunately, some people have to live that kind of life. Amen. Hallelujah. And so now she's getting better. And finally she starts rosing back to the, her normal self by the grace of God. Now he's calling her back. And she's calling on the helpline. She says, I can't trust him. He's not to be trusted. He's got ulterior motives. His motives are not pure. What she's saying is, when I was leprous, he was not there for me. I can't trust him. What God is saying here is, Brother Nine, haven't I been good to you? The other man's, his wife, she got Alzheimer's disease. 
he's well employed, and he said, they asked him, what are you going to do now? You're a prosperous life. You're doing pretty good. Now your wife don't even know you because you lost your mind. What are you going to do? He said, I'm going to give up all that prosperity and job just for her. Because she's being, she done me nothing but good. Good. And I don't call, I don't call it a duty to minister to her. I call it an opportunity to see that she leave this world well taken care of. That's what Jesus meant when he's asking where the nine. I have my friend, he's as healthy as could be. His precious wife, we were together, we prayed together, she's can pray so much. And all of a sudden she lost her mind. And those saints in that huge church call her mama. They said, Mama, minister to us. And now she's down. We're going to minister to her. And they loved her. She can't remember anybody. Her mind is gone. You see, an unfaithful nine is somebody who can never have enough. Always wanting more. Flash! 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 Until one of these days, I promise you, in the name of Jesus, you're going to come back one day with a disease that you'll never cure. That disease is leprous. It's just a matter of time. God got somebody waiting for you out there, honey. The next time you meet that flesh, that's going to be your time. I just feel sorry for those who hooked up with you. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. It was so sad to hear what Samson did to his mother. Samson went out there and did the abominable thing that he knew his mom should not do and brought to his mother and gave it to her. And she had no idea that boy just deceived her and made her sin and finally caught up with him. He was unthankful for the consecration that mom gave him and dad gave him and played with the harlots and the whores and finally got the right one that was the right girl to fix him. There's always the right girl and the right man out there to fix it, honey. And I mean, she, she, she was stronger than he was this time. And she put his eyes out and cut his hair off. She cut him off from God, just like Miriam was cut off from God. He died grinding. 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 Where are the nine who are so unmindful of what they owe to God? God has been talking to me all week about this. On the plane coming here. I don't care what you think. I'm going to represent him, not you. I don't care what you think. I don't care what you do. Nothing to do with me. See what God feels about the nine. I thought, well, say, God, you're omniscient. Don't you know everything? Peter says you know everything. He wants them to reflect. Where is your spirit of thanksgiving? Let's worship God. Unmindful of all the blessing God gives to you. Israel came back to God with her disease and sickness and crying, God, heal me, heal me, heal me, God. So why should I? God, so why should I heal you? God, serve the one you serve before. The gods that you serve. The pagans that you live for. God says, I dressed you up, I blessed you, I gave you all the beautiful things, and you didn't give it back to me. You went and you played the whore out there with the Arabians in the desert. You squandered my blessings among filthy and godly people. And then the Bible said the worst thing was, Nebuchadnezzar, you can sin all you want to, but when you start defiling my treasures then you're going to have to deal with me. When you begin to start messing with my treasure now, you're not dealing with an ordinary person now. You're not dealing with her, you're dealing with me. You're not dealing with him, you're dealing with me. God said, when you start messing with my sacred vessel and defile my persons and people, then I'm going to deal with me. You right now, direct. God said, I'm going to deal with you, direct. 
Think about it. The party was okay. Everything was okay. But finally, well, I've drank it from all those dirty candles, dirty wells. It's time to go home and get the vessels of God and mess it up. God said, yeah, this is your last time. I have weighed you in the balance. You're not going to do this again. I'm going to cut you off. This is your last party. So you've been weighed in the balance. All he did was, after he played the, the dirty vessels, he said, now let's go and mess up sacred vessels. And God said, no. You're not going to do this, Belshazzar. I'm going to stop you. I'm going to put your lights out. Now you're not dealing with just Israel. You're dealing with the God of Israel. No longer are you dealing with a person now. You're dealing with the God of the person. Let's worship God. <clears throat> you see, the devil is never satisfied till he defiled the vessels of God. Always want more. Always want the biggest and the brightest and the newest in the church. Amen. Hallelujah. You got ten guys. One of them is a Samaritan. For the Samaritan sinned without the law. And the Jews sinned with the law. Hallelujah. What is ungratefulness? It means somebody who always complaining. What's gratefulness? Somebody who always gives thanks. What the difference it makes between the, the sin of Gehazi and the sin of, of this guy Naaman? What's the difference? One complaint, one give thanks. One blame every day, one bless the day. One always finding fault with what God is doing. And then one call it joy. The world think we're brainwashed. I got news for you, honey. I'm also body washed. I'm heart washed. Unto him that loved us, and wash us in his own blood. Some feel entitled. The nine felt entitled. Hallelujah. And the one guy said, this is God's unmerited favor. Hallelujah. Nothing is always okay for the reprobate, but for the repentance. Hallelujah. He's been nothing but good to me. It's worse of God. <coughs> Church, I don't feel destiny in this place. You can sin all you want, but I want to tell you, oneness Pentecostals are not to be messed around with. You're not dealing with a Trinitarian God. You're not dealing with a false God. You're dealing with a real God. And His name is Jesus. And at some point, He's going to say, That's enough. You have gone too far. And I'm going to step in and let you know that's my vessel. You're not going to defile my vessel. You're not going to put your German disease in my vessel. I'm going to stop it. I'm going to block it. God knows how to snuff things out. Praise God. Belchester never do it another time. Because that now the sword came down. Before I close today, I want to tell you, my friend, ungrateful people neglect the house. They're unthankful. They forgot him. They provoked him and tempted him. He said, where are the dying? Would you stand? Where are the dying? Where are the nine? Where are the nine? I don't know about you, but every time I come to that church, I come to give thanks. Because every time I step out the door, I see the real world. Told a man that the economy in McMurray is artificial. It is true. The most artificial economy is in Fort Murray. The whole world is collapsing financially. And for some strange reason, this place must keep booming. Booming. It almost reminds me of the place called Goshen. Goshen is a place where God says, You're protected, Israel. You're protected. 
You're protected. But I thought to myself, when they arrested Jesus on the cross, I suppose he said, where are the blinds? Where are the cripples that I healed? Where are the lame that I made walk? Where are the deaf whose ears I unstopped? Ungrateful people always talk like Judas. What a waste. Go ahead, call what I'm doing waste. But God going to call what you're doing a waste of your life. When he steps right in and says, no more. No more. No more. I think about the space God gave to a woman called Jezebel to repent. And the Bible says, the more space he gave, the worse she got. The worse she got. Is God talking to somebody right now? I'd rather be a Naaman than be a Nabal. Nabal was a terrible husband. Ungrateful. Anybody know how he died? Heart attack. Because ungrateful people's hearts are hard. Their forehead are tough. But God knows how to soften them. Would you buy his right now? You think it's a waste to pay tithe to church, but you pay to prostitutes and whore? The blessing I gave you, you gave to sinners. You serve gods that you don't know. And I'm the God who brought you out of bondage and problems. I'm the God you cursed and spoke foolishly against. Then you attack my servants and speak evil about my servants. I heard you. And I registered it, my son. I hear everything you said, my daughter. And today I'm going to call you in the scale and weigh you. He said, one day Samson went too far. And this time he picked up the wrong girl in her, her she was a suicidal mission. They told her, get him or we get you. Tell me where you're, the secret of your strength. You got so much money in your pocket, where'd it come from? Do you know why neighbor was blessed? Because of a girl in his life. Abigail! But when he turned to Abigail, he started going down here. I feel in this service. There's a preacher one time, his wife was a devil. He just shut his mouth. And one day God just took her out. She died without mercy. And then one of the, the most strange things ever happened. God gave him another wife who had sons and daughters to serve God. And lived for God. But his favorite son would not live for God. When he wants to do something, he said, will you pray for me? Pray. He knew the power of prayer. And he was always using God for convenience. He went to the States. He wanted to make decisions. Mom, would you pray? Dad, would you pray? And then praying, God would do it. All the time hoping this guy would see the mercy of God and recognize it. But wouldn't do it. He wants to marry this girl. He said, Mommy, Daddy, would you pray that she be the right girl? Please, would you pray? And they pray. And she married a beautiful girl. And then his father died. And he came home. 
there is dad went back to the states and continued asking for prayer when he's in trouble prayer but won't serve God God is his social security you know you can manipulate and use God like, like you use your handkerchief but this time God said no you're not going to use me anymore I'm going to walk out on you so he he came over to set up his business. See what happened? His father was church was captured, the building by Rastafarians. Bad men. And he wasn't there to defend that church because he wouldn't live for God. The whole family lived but him, but wouldn't live for God. And now he comes back. Another man took his place, and there's always someone to take your place in the house of God. God meant you good, but you didn't deserve it. So I'm going to push you out. Forget about you. Go serve the prostitutes and the whores and all the whoremongers you want to lie with. Have them all till they kill you with AIDS and disease. Because that's where you're going to end up. I'm telling you, we're going to see it with our eyes and hear about it with our ears. And you're gone. Suddenly, bang! As the Lord big apple is going to happen to you. Whoever you are in this church, I'm talking to you right now. But here he was. You better buy the statement and keep it. You're going to need it. You come this time, and his mom loved God to death. And he called his brother-in-law, the preacher, said, let's go swimming. And God said to the preacher, don't go today. So let's go. So, oh, no, 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 don't go today. Not today, I don't want to go. No, I don't go. So he went by himself. That was his omega. That's how he died. God said, you're not going to use me anymore. You better finish with sin before sin finish with you. I'm calling somebody right now. I'm telling you, you're going to die from prostitution and whoredom and drugs. And your mom can't help you, and your dad can't help you, only God can help you. You better pray to God, don't happen to you. Pray like Amen, Simon the Sorcerer. God, don't let this happen to me. Would you step forward right now? I'm calling you. I'm speaking to your heart. If you're, you better buy this tape and keep it, my friend, because it's going to come to pass every word I told you. But it come right now. I said, God, have mercy on me. But it come down this altar right now. Buy this tape. Put it in the library. Put a date on it. You're not going to use God anymore. I bless.